Welcome to EQ2 LFG, the unofficial EverQuest 2 podcast where we take a look at the world of Norath from the player's perspective. News and updates, strats and secrets, bugs and bonuses. It's all right here, right now. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for joining us for the fifth episode of EQ2 LFG. Today we're talking about a Tier 1 Raid Mob script, and we have Kinza back, and she's going to give us some of the highlights for the Mage Epic 2.0. The raid mob that we're going to talk about, we won't talk about strats because every entity that goes up against these different raid mobs have their own particular way of doing things. But I, I kind of thought the one that especially the priests really like, the priests love this because this is their chance to like shine and actually do something called DPS that they don't get to do normally. And that's um, out of Vaden Moore. The Realm of Despair, and Anaheed the Dreamkeeper. She's the priest mob. The priests are the ones that get to do all this, all the good stuff in this one. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about with priests don't get to DPS, because <laughs> I love DPS. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're one of the... Those the, that, it's the Templars have that divine light, and all you got to do is throw that on your tank, and you're at the top of the park. <laughs> yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Bob's your uncle on that one, boy. Yeah. Like, but the the script is basically when you go in, you have to have a tank holding the named, and then there will be sporadically um, some ads that need to be kept away from the named called a meandering tormentor is what I believe it's called. This is a tier one mob, right? Anaheed, she's a tier one. Okay. I don't know if you're talking about her loot table, but she does have that nice 1,000 potency ear. We have never seen it, ever. Yeah, we've only seen it like once. Yeah, we've never seen that ear. I've been told about it. I've been told it exists. We've seen the mount a couple of times off of her, but we always get that crummy shield, and we just basically get the... We get a two-hander a lot. Yeah, we get the two-hander. For no reason. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We always get the not-so-good loot off of her. The mount is the best thing we've seen come off of her. Okay, so... When you're fighting this mob, there's a script that happens. Every 5%, a waking dream is going to spawn, and it's going to call out the name of a priest that has to go hit it. The only thing that anybody else can do that is not a priest is they can debuff the mob to help the priest kill the mob faster. Throughout the course of the fight, a meandering tormentor will come out and start making its way towards Anaheed. It has to be stopped and held away from her because if it gets too close, it becomes a bolstered meandering tormentor and it starts laying out some really hefty damage. So you have to keep it away. And I've never seen more than two of those meandering tormentors up at any time. The problem that I've seen with that meandering tormentor is that it seems to like to attach itself to a priest. Um, And I think that's simply because you have to throttle your DPS on these fights in order not to have too many of the waking dreams up, because if you get so many waking dreams up, it blows up the raid. What I've seen happen is because DPS is throttled down, the meandering tormentors seem to focus on the priest because of heal aggro. I would bet that that's part of the script in itself, is that they would go latch on, or they would have a a higher hate meter for priests because it is such a priest-centric sort of fight. Right, right. But yeah, you, you have these priests during this fight that are killing these waking dreams. They're going, yay, I killed it, I killed it, I got to kill them all. <laughs> <laughs> yes, 
We do get pretty excited. And when when you are a priest and you are killing this or you have the waking dream, it presents itself like a curse. Like your your vision changes and you can't see the screen. It goes into like a negative effect, like a negative screen. So you have to find your way to wherever your waking dream is and kill it because you're the only person who can kill it in the entire raid. Well, I didn't know you guys got that purple screen. Yes, we get that purple screen and you have to go find it. And if and what's very, very confusing is if the people who are DPSing the named are DPSing too fast, you'll get multiple waking dreams up at the same time because a waking dream pops every 5% of the name coming down. And so if you have, I've, I've been in this situation before where another priest will have theirs up and then a couple of seconds later, I will get called out and I will have to figure out which waking dream was mine. And I have to rely on the communication of the raid force to tell me, hey, yours is west or south or east or whatever, because I might go try to kill the one that's not assigned to me and it's not going to take damage from me. Yeah, yeah. So it, it gets, it's a good fight. I, I like it. And I thought, well, this is the one the priests are all happy with. So let's talk about this one first. Some of the other ones they're not so happy with. <laughs> <laughs> it is a good fight. I, I enjoy it a lot. I think everybody thinks it's a, it's gotten easy once we've learned how to run around. You always want to follow your priest because, well, they're the ones that are healing you anyway. So you just stick with your priest. Yeah, if you if you don't, you're dead. As with every raid mob, there is a death toll. If too many of you die, then the whole raid, the, the mob will say, screw you guys, I'm going home, and they'll kill you. And you land there with the mob sitting there laughing at you. Okay, well, onwards. <laughs> <laughs> so we wanted to do some gear in the spotlight and some specific gear. We couldn't really pick just one piece of gear. So what we did was we picked a proc, and the proc is called Rising Tide. And it's the hot new proc for this expansion although it did come out previous to this expansion but it seems to be the one that everybody's trying to get their hands on and there are a couple of different pieces that have this proc Uh, something that you can go find if you're a solo player you can run through arcania spire forgotten sanctum and get it from lachina the powders of pure magic now it looks like a pile of blue powder and it's got the rising tide the rising tide proc is only an 80% potency proc. However, the piece itself has 1,022.4% potency as one of its base stats. So even though it has seven resolve, it's got a pretty hefty potency base. Plus, on top of that, you get the 80% proc. So it's a very valuable piece. I know a lot of people who are in raid gear still wear that, even though it's legendary. Yeah, well, that thousand potency on the piece itself is hard enough to give up. And then when you add, you know, that 80% effect on that piece when you use it, people don't understand. Some people don't understand how Rising Tide works. What happens is it takes a few seconds to cast. It's a long cast to get that Rising Tide effect. And then it'll it'll cut your your potency in half, roughly in half, but then it bumps it up by whatever specified amount your piece has on it, like with the powders of pure magic, it'll bump your potency up another 80%. Once it drops, comes back up, it'll bump it up another 80%. And that's when everybody does their hard hits and stuff is because their potency has been pumped up another 80% from that powder of pure magic. So that's why everybody wants it because it's so nice. Yeah, Kinsey, you had a little story about a, a piece that you use and a special way that you use it. You want to share that? Well, yeah, with the Rising Tide charms, there are different ones. Obviously, some charms are better than others. Like the Powders of Pure Magic, that one increases your potency by 80%, I believe. 
There is another rising tide charm you can get from doing all of the collections from the Zek, the Scourge Waste expansion. Well, not really an expansion, but if you do all the collections there, you can get a charm called the Bitter Essence of Disdain. It's rising tide charm, but it increases your potency by 100% when you use it. So it doubles your potency for that 10 seconds. And what's the little trick that you use? Well, because that item was from a few expansions ago, it's not up to date. It doesn't have a thousand potency on it. Sometimes before pull, when you get a 10 count, you'll swap in that charm. You can click the Rising Tide buff. As soon as you're done casting it, you can swap back in your old charm, and then the Rising Tide buff will go on. So you'll still have double your potency, yet you'll still have your normal charm on. Pretty spiffy. So you're getting your stats from this expansion but using the Rising Tide from the last expansion, so you're sort of getting the biggest bang for your buck as far as the Rising Tide goes. And she's able to do that because she hasn't engaged in combat yet. Correct, because you you can't swap out charms once combat started, so you can really only use that on the pull. Yeah, pretty nice. would burn everything down really fast if people did that. Make sure you have a trusty tank for your 10 count, too, because if you swap in your charm and click it, but they pull and make you in combat, then you're stuck with that charm on. <laughs> yeah, that's going to really mess with your stats, too, if you're if you're one of those people who reforges specifically. Like, I have a, a tune where I am at, like, 100.1% in one of my stats, and then in another one, I think, a multi-attack is the cap is 200, so I have, like, 200 0.5, so I have it exactly at. So if I move around a piece of gear, it's going to completely change my stats, and the only time that's worth it is doing the Rising Tide. Also, for people who have some upgraded charms that don't have Rising Tide, if they do happen to get their hands on one that has Rising Tide, you can probably use the same trick, and that way you've got multiple procs available. Yeah, but yeah, if you can get your hands on that Rising Tide charm, it, you'll find it'll help you out immensely in even your day-to-day stuff going through your, your solo dungeons and advanced solo dungeons and stuff if you're not much into grouping or raiding. It still helps you out a lot, makes it go a little bit quicker through the dungeons and stuff. So now we're going to go into our bugs and bonuses section. We had a big bug, and it was the Lost City of Taurus's The Shrouded Temple Heroic. Once you started that first named mob, he would disappear into the fog, where it was sort of, not a curse, but where it's called Lost in the Fog, and it was the meld of haze, and he would just wouldn't come back. And you, you could reset the zone, or you could zone out and zone back in and be standing there, but once you started fighting him, and he went into that Lost in the Fog, he was gone again. So there was no way to finish the zone ever. Yeah, He reset every time. It was very frustrating for the scouts because they have to go through that zone to get to the final mob to get their quest update. And they couldn't get their quest update because that mob was bugging out. So um, at first it was in the advanced solo instance that the mob was bugging out. So they patched to fix that. But when they fixed that, they bugged the heroic zone. (laughs) Luckily, this last Tuesday they fixed it as well. They fixed it. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So that was kind of frustrating. One of the things that they did do, we were grumping kind of sort of last week about, or the last podcast, because they had taken the experience modifiers out of previous content for Ascension. And I'm sitting here thinking, oh, great. With my time schedule and everything else, now it's going to take me forever to level up my Ascension. Well, they they kind of fixed that for us. They um, made it so that when you complete a zone and you kill the end mob, the end encounter in the current tier zones, um, you get a really nice little hefty bump 
of experience when you complete the zone. So that was a really nice bonus that they added back to the game. If you do all of your advanced solos every day, they don't take very long. There's only four zones. That's enough to burn one scroll at level 10 ascension if you have a tune who has level 10 ascension those scrolls are worth a little bit more and then your hourly rate of xp gain is a little bit more than if you don't have a level 10 and so you're gaining xp ascension or ascension xp a lot faster you take more time to burn it off well if you just do those advanced solos every day it burns pretty much everything that you've accumulated that day off so that's nice that they put that little extra oomph in there and then for people who don't have a lot of time but who do have the opportunity to do groups then the uh, heroic like marina said has that bump at the end which is really nice yeah really really nice so that was a pleasant surprise because i was sitting here thinking oh i'm never gonna get my so i'm a i'm not a doom and gloom person but every once in a while you think oh i'm never gonna get that done (laughs) (laughs) actually since i have you on here kenza i wanted to get a perspective from a mage on the mage epic. How was the faction work for you for the mage epic? The factions for the mage epic, we just had two main ones. One was in Thelumbra with the fairies. Well, I guess they're fairies. And the other one is in Sundered Frontier, which that one is a real pain. So with my courser, I'm finding the faction grind to be a bit... I don't mind faction grinds, but this one is being a little... A little much for me, I think. Um, I'll get it done, but I started out with Bash of the Tranquil and Sundered Frontier at negative 50k. And I'm not sure how I got there with them with that, but I've been having to run that faction quest over and over. And at 2k a pop, I'm finally at 27,000. I have to hit 50k for faction. But it's, uh, and you can't just do with that quest line, you can't just do one faction. You have to do three different quests that are all tied in together in order to get the quest credit and the faction credit for that faction that you need. It's kind of daunting, but it's doable. But Kinza can probably, she's probably ripping right through them. I was going to ask, Kinza, was there any mobs that you had to go get a group for? For the mage epic, the only entire group zone you need to run is Salgo's in Stronghold. That's near the end of your quest. That's... The level 8, I want to say, quest. No, that's actually the level 9 quest. No, there was one quest the mages had to do. They had to go into this instance to complete one of the phases I've been hearing people talk about that seemed to be causing a lot of people a lot of issues. What did you... Do you know which step I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. That's a step in Chardock. We have to kill one mob that's in Chardock. It's an orange triple up, but... I was able to kill it with two other people in group, so I don't think you really need an entire group, but that would definitely help. Then you need to click on some updates in Chardock, and then you're able to go into a separate instance in Chardock where you also need to kill a triple-up mob at the end for your update. And that one, again, two, three people, if you want it to be challenging, but a full group would definitely make it easier. Okay. Yeah, because I've heard a lot of people say that that's kind of not so much the faction, but that's kind of their stumbling point that's holding them up is that encounter. They just can't seem to get it done. Yeah, I don't have a mage that I'm actively working on any epic or anything like that, but all the mages that I've talked to keep talking about this one encounter that it's not a group encounter, it's a solo encounter that you guys have to go do, especially for enchanters have found it kind of difficult because they have to spec more towards DPS. Do you know which encounter I'm talking about? Yeah, 
I believe that's the special mage instance that's off of Enchanted Lands. It's solo only. I'm not sure if you can spawn a merc or not. I didn't. But you have to kill a lot of mobs around the zone. They have quite a bit of health. It'll take you a bit of time. Then you have to go into a tower. And at the top of the tower, there is the boss mob. And That's the one. That's what I'm hearing everybody talk about. Yeah, that boss mob hits for quite a bit. It has a lot of health. Most people that can't DPS it seem to find their strat in snaring it, rooting it, trying to do whatever they can to reduce incoming damage while they kill it. One thing that's really bad is if you do die while fighting that mob, it zones you out, and you have to zone back in and kill all the trash over again. That's where I've heard a lot of people frustrated with it, because they would get killed after doing all that work, and then they'd have to start all over again, which is hugely frustrating, I'm sure. Yeah, fortunately, it's a lot easier for a DPS class like me as a conj. It didn't take that long, but for other people, it can definitely be a challenge. When you go in there with your conj, you know, I don't play a conj, you put... I'm supposing you put your tank pet up and just let him take all the bulk of the damage? Yeah, for some summoners, that could definitely be a strat. If you do have enough DPS, I kind of accidentally walked into the name. Fortunately, I had stone skins up and I could kill it. I didn't need to do that much work because I have the DPS. Nice. So wait, what are the different types of mages? You've got the summoners. Right, you have summoners, sorcerers, enchanters. So I think the enchanters are the ones that probably have the hardest time because the summoners do all that DPS and the sorcerers do a whole bunch of DPS too. So the enchanters, I feel like, probably have to get kind of creative. Well, taking my course through, I haven't started it yet. I'm interested in that encounter. And um, I'm just wondering if I can stun lock it because coercers have quite a few stuns. They can stun root and then stand back and nuke. So I'm just wondering how it's going to go with my coercer because I know that illies don't seem to have as many stuns as what the coercer has. I guess one thing that was kind of unique to the mage epic was that we only needed to do one collection. And that collection is in an overland zone. The shinies take about 10 minutes to respawn. It's not that terrible at all. Wow, that's really nice. Right? <laughs> that is really nice. Yeah, because the scout, we've got all these collection quests. The tanks have all these collection quests. Oh, wow, that's pretty nice. Was there any particular gear that dropped from any of the named mobs that you had to kill for your epic that seemed like really good gear? Because I know that there's there's exquisite chests that usually drop off of all of the named mobs, and the gear is relatively good. Did you see any of that, Kenzo? The only thing I've seen is when I've helped with the group updates that there's been some pretty nice stuff that's dropped for people in the group, like an item like gloves or right. or, or boots have Actually, dropped. Actually, Kenza, have you replaced any of the gear that you got from completing any parts of the epic quest or do you still wear most of it actually looking right now i'm not sure yeah because i know that as you progress in the epic each chapter or each part of that quest at the end of it will give you a pretty decent piece of gear so i don't know some of the gear i've gotten from my scout epic has got like 17 resolve on it or 20 resolve on it and it seems like it'd be pretty hard to give up i've gotten an ear a neck and a weapon so far and they're pretty nice. Yeah, so for doing the mage epic, you can get a charm, a ring, a ranged weapon, and you can also get a necklace or a ring. You can swap that between those two spots. I'm still wearing all four of those items. They're very nice. Now, on your epic weapon, I know everybody has an orange adornment slot. Have you found out where to get the orange adornment? 
No, for those orange adornments, haven't seen any of them drop. Okay, then that wraps up all of the Epic 2.0 questions. Thank you for joining us today, Kinza. I hope you come back. Of course, no problem. It was fun. And Marina, like always, it's been great. Yep, I enjoy it every time. We have a great time here. All right, thank you guys for joining us. Next time, we're going to be talking about the Ascension classes specifically, and we're going to go over the Burnt Key quest. It's a very specific key quest. It takes you to a very specific zone with very specific gear. We're also going to go over a Tier 2 raid mob script. If you like our podcast, please subscribe. You can also check out our website at www.eq2lfg.com. You can follow us on Facebook. Just search for EQ2LFG. And you can follow us on Twitter at EQ2LFG. Thanks a lot. We'll see you next time. See ya.